yeah i never even thought of, of the idea of like an author that might be intimidating to people like starting people off with a novella because it's still going to be their writing style it's still going to be the concepts that are like familiar in their works but it's just going to be a little more like a little more consumable Welcome back to another episode of Sterling Municipal Library's podcast, where we talk to you about books we'd like to recommend. And today we're going to be talking about books for people who are a little bit commitment phobic. You know, maybe Mm -hmm. you you can't agree to sign up to like a 600, 500 page book. But if you keep it in that sweet spot of under 200 pages, we've found collectively that it's a great way to serve as like a literary palate cleanser. So and it's a little easier, even if you don't love the book, to be able to finish it, which is very good if you're a completionist to be able to get that little adrenaline so donald is joining katie and me and off air we have our own kind of we've called it like a short kings book club where we (laughs) read short books and discuss them and we're finding that it actually makes for a pretty interesting discussion especially Mm -hmm. since you're not having to power through something random that you might not like so and you get a book club where most people read the book which is which is much better than a normal book club where you come in and the only person who's read is the person leading it. Is the person who picks the book. <laughs> the person that everyone invested. else is like, um, I got like six chapters in. And then how's that wine? No. <laughs> yes. We were worried that a short book wouldn't give us enough to talk about in our book club, but that was not the case. I really like the the format of it. You know, like I like you said, I personally I'm quite commitment phobic when it comes to books. <laughs> I have a very limited amount of attention span to dedicate to something like a book. And Short Kings allows me to just kind of like really like dive in for a quick short period of time and then pull out really quickly and then mm-hmm. there be, and it will like well no pulling out because like you you finish it right so it's yeah. like it's <laughs> <laughs> and so it's it's really cool to be able to actually participate in a conversation mm-hmm. because I was able to receive the information receive the text and like mull that over you know that's really cool yeah and I feel like people are more willing to be creative with the way they read things mm-hmm. when it's not something they have to do for 200, 300, 400 pages, you can be a little more exacting and you can like remember quotes more mm-hmm. easily and things like that, especially if you have your book club like a day after you read the book. Because <laughs> that's another great thing about short books if that you're reading it for something. Oh, boy, can you sit down the day before <laughs> and just crank that book out? Yeah. I, I'm also finding so I used to feel like it was my dirty secret that I would go through really long reading droughts. Mm-hmm. And I think what would happen is I would have that magical experience where I found the one book for me in that moment. Yeah. And that's always incredible. It feels like you're getting a reading high. And then mm-hmm. afterward, you end up with kind of a book hangover. Like none of the books yeah, are good. Yeah, nothing mm-hmm. lives up to that expectation that you set with the previous one. Mm-hmm. I've found that these short books, I don't have to be as invested in them. I can just kind of like zip yeah. through them and maybe I'm just not rebounding. So. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And they and they do bring something interesting to the table. And if anything, like the idea of novellas and the way that they're set up and their general like quirks, I guess I will say, because a lot of times novellas like you don't have a lot of time to, to talk over stuff. Yeah. And as we were finding when looking up books, a lot of novellas are science fiction and fantasy. So it's literally this snapshot of like an idea or a place or a person or a thing. And you get this like glimpse into into it way more than you would in like a novel. Like it is almost I feel like most novellas have to be like this very like constrained time period or like subject matter. 
because there's yeah. just not enough time to talk about anything else. Absolutely. The yeah. format requires that you get to the point. Like, there's a certain number of beats that you have to hit if you want to tell a good story. Yeah. And in a novella, it's like, okay, we have to hit, like, those those major ones. All the extraneous details can be left out, which can get very bad in the sci-fi genre. <laughs> Frustrating. Just, <laughs> just constant, like, exposition dumps and whatnot. Yeah. A, novella, a sci-fi novella is really cool because you really get to, like, jump into their world and look around and then... You know, hop on the next ship out of space so you can go to a new <laughs> fantasy world. I find personally one of my favorite like genres to explore with short books is horror. Yes. And it's because a novella, you only have the space to introduce a handful of characters. So mm-hmm. whatever happens to those characters is a lot more impactful because mm-hmm. you're kind of invested in them versus larger, longer tomes. Sometimes you just kind of have filler people thrown in there as like fodder. So Yeah. Yeah. And I also think with horror that sometimes the limitation can make something more creative and more visceral. I feel like a lot of times with horror novels, they try to explain too much. Like I'm sitting there and I'm I'm buying into whatever like creepy concept they've put before me. But then they are like, and the history behind it is, and this is what happened before. Like and and I'm just like, I don't really need to know that. Like it. I am here to get scared (laughs) (laughs) and I don't need to know why (laughs) the thing is scaring me. I just need to know that it is. And I think novellas are the perfect little like constraint. I think a lot of people will say that even about Stephen King's work, that his novellas and his short stories are way more impactful than some of his longer books because his longer books tend to get too in the weeds like yeah, and he tries way too hard to make everything interconnected not everything yes. should be connected <laughs> he's like no the king of verse <laughs> my baby oh, God. I love that everything's like a verse now it's great yeah everything has a verse now but yeah no and and i think novellas when i was younger i didn't really read them very often it almost felt like it wasn't like worth the investment like I would be like ah it's such a short book I was a real reader (laughs) I still am but now I also have other hobbies (laughs) and it felt like if a book was short like that maybe it wouldn't be worth it or maybe like and it can be frustrating when you are in a novel that you really like a novella that you really like because it does end early and then you're just like well I guess that's the end of that the only time I didn't have that experience was with the murder bot diaries because it's a series of novellas so I was at least like I can come back thank you (laughs) (laughs) I've always been a novella guy I've always Mm -hmm. liked short I preferred the shorter format of books and for a while there I had gotten so caught up because I was doing the YA thing and I was reading a bunch of YA novels and they're at least 400 pages. Oh, yeah, they really range (laughs) like three to four hundred is like the norm. Yeah. And so I had gotten accustomed to that. And so when I switched back to like an anthology series, we would dive into this world. Like so N.K. Jemisin's um, anthology, How Long Until Black Future Month, Mm -hmm. that one was so good. All of the stories are fantastic, but the only problem was they ended so soon, and I was so mad. And I will say a short story does that to me way more than a novella does. Like, a short mm-hmm. story, everything we said about novellas, but, like, double. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, if you're really bad at commitment, you can do short stories. Because yeah. <laughs> they may only take you one sitting <laughs> to, to finish. But at the same time, again, you sometimes run into the short story, like, the perfect archetypal short story that is, like, yeah, it ended the way. Like, it ended well, but everything was so good that I just want more of it. And that can be 
I think that's like if I had a pros and cons list of like why to read and why to not read short stories and novellas, that would be like one of the only cons. <laughs> it's like sometimes you'll run into one that you really like and that's it. But you know what? Life is lost. So <laughs> you've got to get used to it. So how about we talk about specifics? Are there certain ones that you would recommend to people if they're wanting to kind of dip their toes in the novella water? I I think I've, I've already re- reviewed the Murderbot Diaries and I really like that one that one is on the more like fun humorous action side of novellas I think a lot of novellas that I've looked at tend to be more atmospheric and like a thinking man's novella (laughs) whereas Murderbot Diaries is truly like there are parts that make you like think but a lot of it really is just a fun funny quirky action story set in space (laughs) which is nice and it's very refreshing i think we also becky chambers has a a number of novellas and she does novella series as well and and those are very good too those are also sci-fi but they're a little more like like i said before atmospheric like things are happening but sometimes it's just about vibes Mm -hmm. in her books (laughs) Yeah, I if I were to like recommend something to someone, I would probably recommend like a small nonfiction book. There was this one book called Eating the Sun, and it kind of it took all of these great physics concepts and like turned them into like really cute like prose. There was a lot of like Lavender language in there. And I mean, it sounds pretentious, but it was for the format that it was in. There was physics for English majors. Yeah. (laughs) There there were like art. There were like illustrations attached Mm -hmm. as well. So it was it was it was a very cool. It was like reading a picture book for adults. Yeah. Yeah. I I read the one that Neil deGrasse Tyson put out, Astrophysics for People in a Hurry. That one is also a novella that is good if you if you like physics, but don't know it. Short (laughs) non-fictions are cool because they're they're like the YouTube video of books. You You get like a short snippet of a subject and you really get to kind of like taste it and if you want to know more then get it out like you know get then a novel get your 600 page stephen hawking yeah <laughs> so i hate admitting this because it's going to make me sound snobby but it's one of my own biases that i've been working against i usually don't read translated works because i worry about how much is lost in the translation yes. mm-hmm. but i found that i'm more willing to try some of those when it's a shorter novel so i don't yes. feel like i'm potentially losing as much mm-hmm. so I read The Vegetarian, mm-hmm. which is translated from Korean and uh, extremely atmospheric, strange take on like borderline horror. But mm-hmm. there were other elements to it as well. Um, yeah. A great book. And then another one that I listened to that was translated was Convenience Store Woman, mm-hmm. which is about a woman in her 30s in Japan. She works at a convenience store part time and that's really all she wants to ever do. But everyone that knows her kind of treats her like there's something wrong with her because she doesn't have any drive to get a husband, have kids, do anything else with her life. Like she's just, she's a very good convenience store woman and that's really all she aspires to be. And I found her voice delightful, but that kind of character wouldn't be able to carry a full length novel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, unless something else was happening. Mm -hmm. She would eat steaks. Yeah, Yeah. I like what you said about translations because I I feel the same way. It it requires someone who has a mastery of two languages (laughs) to be able to correctly translate. And I think maybe novellas also... They're just not necessarily easier to translate because I do think novellas can be a little more experimental than than novels are, but it's shorter, which I feel like has to help when you are that in depth and like in 
translation because I don't think people realize that translating like concepts that don't have words from other languages to a different language that doesn't have the same culture is very difficult because you want you want it to hit the same way and sometimes it's literally impossible if you don't share a culture there are things that just like can't be translated and to find like a nice and seamless way to put that into a novel is is very difficult so I imagine novellas might be a little easier for translators because it's only like 100 pages of doing that (laughs) it's a much smaller like margin of error as opposed to if you were translating a 600 page novel I read The Strange Library but I'm not sure if that's in translation um, yes, I think it is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Still on my to read yes, list. Yeah. 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 It's. I think one of the first translations I've read, like ever. I. I, I can't say ever, but I. I. It's one of the ones that I've read and it was like, oh, this is cool. I feel very much steeped in a culture not my own. Yeah. And because it's kind of like, oh God, it's a horror novel. It's like a psychological horror novel, but it also feels kind of like magical realism. It, the kid, he ends up in like the strange library, of course. Like he goes through the, like the dungeons and everything. And it was just the, the, the entire atmosphere, the entire time was just, it was very like isolating and it was very, I don't know. I don't I, It was so, it was so strange to, you know, to use the pun. <laughs> <It was> strange. <laughs> <laughs> because like you're reading the novel and and you're you're experiencing this with him and it puts my brain in a weird like fugue state of like trying to figure out what it, it's feeling, what it's thinking. Yeah, that was cool. And that's good because Murakami's novels are famously long. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so it's nice to be able to access an author's work and not have to invest in some of their more lengthy titles. And I think that's one of the only ones he has that has like a child as the I feel like the most of the ones I've seen are adults Mm -hmm. as as the main characters yeah i never even thought of of the idea of like an author that might be intimidating to people like starting people off with a novella because it's still going to be their writing style it's still going to be the concepts that are like familiar in their works but it's just going to be a little more like a little more consumable a little more consumable for someone who maybe doesn't read that type very often like either translated works or his work is very like <laughs> That's the only way I can describe it. I, um, for the listening audience, I wiggled my hands in the air <laughs> when I said "woo," <laughs> like a wave of some kind. But yeah, I don't really know how. It's one of those things where I just want to walk up to people and be like, "Just trust me. Take this book. Yeah, <laughs> take this book and read it. It's a novella, so you have to do it because it's only 115 pages. Exactly. It's such a such a small such a small commitment. Because I guess we can like do a, like a a mini behind the scenes. We have had two meetings of our of our book club the first book we read was the annual migration of clouds which was pretty good in my opinion but probably different like stylistically than what i would normally read and the second book we read (laughs) is oh gosh all the horses of iceland all the horses of iceland here's the thing Valdi, my partner, was also in our book club, and he could never remember the title. He just remembered it ended with Horses of Iceland. So for the longest time, he would just walk around and be like, oh, gosh, I really need to read Tiny Horses of Iceland. Or like, <laughs> I really need to, <laughs> to read Small <laughs> small Fuzzy Horses of Iceland. <laughs> I was like, those are not the book. <laughs> Which is just very much a departure from what I would normally read. But both were great. And I love I love trying things that are new because I feel like it's really easy to fall into. This is all I read and I won't read anything else. And I think novellas are a really good way to break that up without having to commit to like changing what you read. Absolutely. 
I would recommend that people try a bunch of different novellas. Yeah. Because it re- you get like a, it's like like a, a taste sampler test. pattern. Yes. <laughs> Platter at a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> you get to taste different writing styles, different genres, different mm-hmm. story plots. Like, it was so cool. I read this one book called Fox 8, and it's essentially the perspective of a fox who is like with his troop of foxes, but their land is being kind of like bulldozed to build this new subdivision and like a mall and whatnot. And so he, and his interactions is like, oh, humans are moving in. They look so cool. They have all these like different things. But then like, so he's a wild fox and he ends up in the mall because he's like, I want to see what this mall is like. And of course that does not go well. And then he learns humans are bad. I don't like humans anymore. And so he finds a new pack of foxes and they're just like, well, not all humans are bad. And it was, it was such a cool writing style because it was written in this sort of, is poetic prose a thing? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, mm-hmm. great. That. It was it was written in that kind of style where it, it flew, flew like a poem, but it wasn't written like. Another small trend I've noticed with novellas is that there are several authors who will go back and revisit classic either short stories or tales mm-hmm. and either insert new characters in them or even some of the more problematic ones they will update and modernize. So ah, yes. one of my favorite examples is The Ballad of Black Tom, mm-hmm. which is a retelling of the horror at Red Hook, I think. Yeah. Which is one of his more xenophobic tales, but Laval handled it perfectly. His mm-hmm. character was amazing. It was. It's honestly one of the best reads I've ever experienced. It was so. really good. I've never read a lot of H.P. Lovecraft, but reading that iteration of it was just like, oh, I love this. And it made it it made me want to read more H.P. Lovecraft, but then I learned a little more about him and I was like, yes. yeah, maybe. It's hard because H.P. <laughs> Lovecraft, I read some of his stories, and if you read the right ones, you don't realize how bad he is <laughs> until you're like three stories deep and then you're like... <gasps> But yeah, and it's hard because he did like birth this sort of like mythos that's really interesting that does to appeal to a lot of people because I think it's pretty common for people to be afraid of things they don't understand. Of the vast unknown. The vast Mm. unknown. It's except for H.P. Lovecraft. That was anyone of color. (laughs) It wasn't, you know, space gods that could kill you just by like letting you look at them. It was just that new family that moved in down the street. (laughs) Horrifying, truly. Yeah. It's really funny because it is like scary. And then you realize what his idea of unknown was. And you were like, well, that that's not scary, though. Yeah. <laughs> like I was thinking like ah, if I was stuck in a like a expanse of space and like horrific creatures that is, couldn't be described by my human brain. No, he's just like, no, I mean, immigrants. And you're just like. Gosh, (laughs) that's not scary at all, H.P. Lovecraft. (laughs) Yeah, so it's it's really nice to have his concepts at the core, like the idea of them reworked into other pieces of fiction where they're actually like good. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because the same thing, there's a few things. So Lovecraft Country is not a novella, but it feel it almost feels like. A collection of short stories yes because they're about like so many different people and you are going back to these very unrelated stories so that's another hp lovecraft like short story collection almost it doesn't describe itself that way but in my opinion it is do we have any other like ideas questions comments concerns wisdom so i do notice (laughs) that we ran into this problem that there's a lot of really good science fiction and fantasy novellas but Mm -hmm. We're struggling a little bit on the front of finding things outside of, of like general fiction or like we found one or two, like we found horror too. Mystery heart is harder. And then it felt like general fiction was the one that was like non-existent. Yeah. I did not find a single one 
ones that seemed like it could be literary fiction also had an undercurrent of fantasy in them. And that's a thing, like magic realism and stuff. But it, it seems like a lot of the fiction titles are magic realism titles. Or they are really old and tried and true. But yeah, a yes. lot of it is magical realism. So. Yeah. Not bad thing. It's just like, you know, when you're trying to broaden your horizons, you're just like, oh, no, all this delicious food in front of me. Where's the vegetables? And they're like, sorry, we don't have vegetables here. And you're like, well, I guess I can't eat any then. <laughs> I tried. Everyone note that down. <laughs> okay. Is that all we want to say about novellas? I feel like we really we really knocked it out of the park here. I think so. I mean, very confident. It's it's very funny, or even maybe a little ironic, that a style of book that's so short, you know, you can kind of say it concisely. You can say what you would like to about it, and it very feels very true to its nature. Yeah, grab a novella right now. It's a command. You have to do it, especially if you're in between reads. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, a novella audiobook, even better, like five hours. Yes. Yeah, you could get that done in like a week's worth of commutes, and you're like, look at me, read a book. champion oh my God. the word is flowed i'm sorry i said flew earlier no i know i yeah you guys are so nice <laughs> i was like yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah sure. i want the world to know i uh i can speak english uh i can i've been doing it for 26 years now i i'm just i'm you know it's a learning process see i'm gonna grab that and that's gonna be the front of the podcast <laughs> you being like i want the world to know i can speak english <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> i love it that's all we can really say about novellas <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us and stay tuned next week for more fantastic book recommendations. Bye. Bye.